0: 16 minutes past the big hours, and that right there is (laughs) great. Great, good stuff. I think people are getting really cranked.
1: Welcome back to the Hockey Show here on Mile High Sports Radio. If you have something to say, if you have a bone to pick, if you have an opinion that you think deserves to be on the Hockey Show, give us a call, give us a text 303 831 1340 or tweet us. Tweet me at rbolding, bolding. Tweet JJ at at JJ of the year, and we're here, and we've got a special guest joining us. We've got Adrian Dater for Colorado Hockey Now. Adrian, how are you doing,
2: guys? That was a hell of an intro there. Thank you. Uh, always great to come on on the uh, song stylings of Kiss. The uh, the always great uh, strutter, I believe. So uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, good to be with you guys.
1: We always love to roll out the red carpet for our guests, Adrian, and we're glad to have you being the avalanche expert that you are. We don't even want to talk expansion draft just yet. I've got to get into just immediately, what is this situation with Gabriel Landeskog? Why is it unfolding the way it's unfolding? What's taking so long? Give us the well, details
2: I mean, I'll try to do the best I can. Um, um, they're not in agreement, obviously. There are. Uh, I have been told by sources that yeah they're kind of far apart right now um i remain an optimist though that he'll sign um i really think that the Avs want to get this kale mccarr signing done first and get that number out of the way and then maybe make a real full court press to get landy signed again that's my that's my take um I know Landy said uh, the other day, uh, Peter Baugh, I believe, the Athletic, had a nice quote. I uh, wish I'd had it, but uh, I didn't. And uh, he said he's uh, disappointed right now. So assuming that was valid quote and everything, uh, you know, that's serious to everybody, I bet. And I guarantee you, you know, I'm sure the Avs didn't love seeing that. <laughs> um. And whether that could affect things moving forward, I don't know. Sometimes the ads can be pretty, take things pretty personally about that kind of stuff. So, you know, I hope it gets resolved, but, you know, there's, right, we can talk about this. Is Landy worth a long, long, long term investment? I mean, I do think there's a portion of people out there that think maybe not. And, and, uh, I just think if they don't sign Landy Skog, it'll be a surprise. And, but, you know, um, if they don't, I think they've gotta have some kind of really quick backup plan that's gonna change the you know <laughs> change the subject real quick. A big acquisition, something like that, and they can then they can try and spin it some other ways, you know. Well, Gabe and I, you know, Gabe we felt we made the fairest offer we could to Gabe, uh he chose to go elsewhere and that's his right. Um but now we're looking forward to the future with the guys we have, and now it gives opportunities to younger guys that we've been meaning to bring in the organization. And it's going to be an interesting couple weeks, right, guys?
0: 100. <laughs> <100%.
2: laughs> exactly what is going to happen? But I don't. Nobody does that, I don't think.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think what's throwing people off the most is you know it, it's kind of understood by the public that Landeskog and the Avalanche have an amazing relationship. So, I mean, that being said, are you? surprised by a the posturing that you're kind of seeing from colorado and maybe a little bit of disrespect to their captain and b how far apart they are on this dollar amount allegedly
2: first of all nothing surprises me uh when it comes to contract stuff um there's there's always a bit of a you know we, these guys could be posturing for sure i mean the av- you know, i've had agents tell me before that we're, we're way far apart and the next, you know, a couple of days later, there's, there's a contract. I mean, that happened with, uh, Miko Rantanen a couple of years ago. I mean, I was on the phone every day with his agent and he was really upset at some of the numbers, but all of a sudden, I think the abs came up a half a million dollars or so, and they signed him for 9.25, uh, you know, they, he, he thought they were way far apart over half a million dollars, which I suppose is, can be construed as far apart, um, by some people like that. Uh, I think the general family would go, come on, just bridge the difference and get it done. The only difference then, though, was that Randon was an RFA. He wasn't going to go anywhere, and the Avs obviously had to have him if they want to be a good team. Um, this is different. Landy is UFA. And, you know, if he wants eight years, let's say at 8.8 million, then that's, that's a big pill to swallow, I think, for the Avs. I mean, that's... You're talking about Gabe Landeskog being 36 years old. At the end of that contract, we've just seen some teams be really. I mean, there's always teams that are really regret these long-term deals, right? they I mean, look,
0: look at Eric Johnson right now, right?
2: Look at it. Look at. I mean, and 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 I, you know, I don't think that's because of performance. It's been injuries, but yeah. Uh, look at Zach Parise and Ryan Suter.
0: <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. uh, look at uh, a lot of guys have been bought out. I mean, uh, you know. Um, you it's always easy and tempting to say ha ha you know eight years we got our man locked up what happens in three or four years if landy just you know can't, doesn't have any speed anymore and he's you know not a great player and you got four more years on the hook do you think national predators are loving the uh Matt Duchesne deal they signed with him eight years at eight, eight million 64 million i mean do you think David Poirot loves that deal right now
1: I think there's two things to consider here too, though, Adrian. One, I think Landeskog is deserving of a raise for past performance, and I've, I've mentioned this a couple of times, particularly for the way that he uh, humbly embraced being the face of the organization in the 2016-17 season, which was so bad, and he stood up mm-hmm. and was accountable. But I, I also think, you know, th- that this team is as competitive as they've been in years, and losing him is losing a, a big part of that, you know. So maybe you do the Chicago thing, you sign him to a contract, you know he'll never see the end of, and you figure it out, you kick that can down the road, as they say, you know, and you, you kind of figure it out. And if we l- pivot a little bit to, like you said, with Makar, I think now that Miro Heiskanen has signed an eight-year, $8.45 4, average deal, uh, you know, that, that gives some, some framework to a potential Makar contract but the in contract too is really favorable for Dallas, where it, it you know starts low, it gets high in the middle, and then it ends low right before he would sign another deal.
2: Right. No, I I agree. First of all, on Landy though, I mean, I I agree with you. That's I I don't want to see. I think it would be a mistake to let Landis Scott go for nothing. I mean, I think that's a big loss. Right. He's a power forward who scored twenty or more goals in eight of his first ten seasons. Um, yes. He's had some 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 you know bad games at times i mean that that turnover in game five that cost that game was 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 a critical mistake um he he he's put up playoff numbers you know points um I think there's been times though in the playoffs where I thought he's been a little little too invisible i mean just just offensively i mean look at he got he got dumped off the top line. Uh, and those most of those last two games, right? Um, why was that? Well, I mean, <laughs> okay, it was to balance out the other lines, maybe. And I know Kadri was out, but um, that's just something. You know, I'm just ball, I'm just just spitballing here as to what the Avs are probably talking about internally. I mean, is this guy really, really worth this long-term investment, or do we do we let his money go when we try to? You know, we sign a Seth Jones. We trade. You know, we 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 trade. Well, they're going to have to trade for him. But you know, do we sign another free agent? Uh, that's kind of out there. Can we give it to Brandon Saad and call, call him the new second line left wing for sure? Or and play and just place all our faith in Burakovsky being the top left wing now and go with that? Those top two lines that are still pretty good. Uh, um, these are these are just hard decisions. Um, if Landis Gaga, you know. I think the fair deal for Landeskog would be, and I agree with you. I think he deserves a raise from what he's made, based on not just past performance, but his performance last season. You know, it was good numbers: fifty-four points and fifty-two games, or fifty-two, maybe fifty-two points and fifty-four games. One of those two. Um, good production, right? Um, good defensive player. Yes, he's a good, good guy. A great, you know, stand-up guy. There's nothing. Uh, there's nothing you want to let see that go, right? But uh, hey, you know he's 28. He's gonna be 29 in November. You know, there's other factors here. Um, if he wants something like nine million a year, I think, geez, you know, I think that's too high. I think the fair deal for him would be like seven years, seven million each. Kind uh, kind of the same contract Anders Lee got with the uh, with the Islanders. Team captain, pretty similar player in some ways. To me, that feels fair for Landy. But, uh, you know, they may say, hey, eight is the floor. Magic Shane got eight. You're paying Miko 9.25. You know, Gabe is is our team captain, and you want to pay, you know, him 2.25 million less. I mean, that's why these things get ugly and uh, very often ends up the way it is. I mean, players always talk about, yeah, I love the team. I want to stay. In the end, it's like H.L. Mencken said, it always comes down to the money. Uh, it comes down to the respect that they feel like they deserve. Um, and a lot of that times that, that, that comes down to money and term. And, uh, and here we are.
0: I'm with you on the term though. It's a little bit scary to give Landis Cog that much term because, you know, playing till he's 36, the style of hockey he plays, who knows if his body's going to be able to hold up. Right. So yeah, I'm a hundred percent with you there.
2: Yeah. I mean, he's, um, he's and then not, looking a little, EJ, a little bit
0: of oh, DJ. Go ahead. Yeah.
2: I mean, I think he's, I think it's fair to say Landy has never been the speedster of the Mm -hmm. league. And I think he's, yeah, he looked a little, I think this time he looked a little not slow, but, you know, slowing down a little. Um, And I think that's something you have to think about.
0: Right, absolutely. And then kind of like I brought up earlier with EJ, I want to know if you had any insight into him waving the no-move clause. I thought it would be a little bit more of a struggle. It didn't sound like there was uh, much pushback on EJ's part. Do you know kind of what went into uh, him waving that?
2: No, I've, I mean, I think, you know, I've known this a while. Uh, without, I wrote, I think I wrote something a month ago saying, look, it's expected that he'll waive the no move. I had that in one of my stories, and and that's after talking with some people. Uh, you know, until it was actually done, though, I mean, you you had to wait for it to actually happen. But, uh, Mm -hmm. no, I'm not surprised. Um, you know, um, I think, you know, he doesn't think he's going to get taken by the Kraken. Um, if he does wa- you know, if he didn't waive it, he knows he's going to put up with a lot of heat, probably, and you know, um, from fans and the team, and they're not going to like that. And I think he he doesn't want that in his life. I think he wants to hopefully come back next year and play for the Avs at six million dollars and uh, prove that he's a good player again. Uh, the health is just always the question, obviously, but uh, he, you know, um, I did see Eric uh, after the late in the season uh, in the playoffs and you know talk to him and uh you yeah, know he said he's feeling really good. Uh he was out there on the ice every day in practice and as far as I know systems look good for him to hopefully be back on on you know, on the ice in training camp. Um is he is he is is this contract a little bit of a too much probably for Yeah, it probably is based on the performance but um, what are you gonna do? It was signed and, uh, and it's valid, and uh, you know they could still buy him out. You know, too. I don't know for sure that they won't. I don't think they will, but they still have that option, and I think it's something they still may be thinking about. I mean, what if they don't? What if Seattle does? not I mean, if Seattle doesn't take him, that means they have Eric Johnson is still on their roster, and uh, you know, but they do have that option to buy him out. It would be only a two million dollar cap hit for the next uh, four years instead of six this year. That frees up a lot more money for Orlando Scott,
1: doesn't it? Yes, it does. But also, we've seen reports here that the Avalanche are potentially interested in Ryan Souter. And I have to say to that, why, if Eric Johnson is coming back to play next year? Like, they're an equivalent to me in my eyes. You know, maybe Souter has a little bit more potential because he hasn't been as injured as Eric Johnson. But basically, you're looking at two older, aging out, stay at home defensive types.
2: Right, but you just lost Ryan Graves, too, right? So now there's another opening on the blue lines. I mean, it should go to Bo Byram, right? It should go to Timmins. But what if what if they say, well, you know, Ryan Graves' minutes, we don't know exactly about EJ yet, and, and you know, everything. We're going to get more insurance with a veteran guy like Ryan Souter who we know is going to play 20 minutes a night and probably play pretty pretty effective hockey. Just, you know, not a... You know, he's never been an offensive superstar. I mean, he's been a power play quarterback, how he's gotten most of his points in his career. He never scored a goal otherwise, you know, even strength. But he's a good, still a good man in your own zone. I mean, I think the analytics all show that. Uh, he played on a pretty good, good team record-wise this year. Now he's got something to prove, too. I always think the intangibles are important in, in anything, and I think now they, he he's feeling really slighted. By the wild, everybody, you know, he wants to go prove him wrong and he's gonna maybe go out and have a great year forever whoever gets him. And maybe mm-hmm. the Colorado Avalanche are that team.
1: It's just strange to me, you know. Keep Ian Cole then. You know, have a yeah. younger, somewhat as capable player in that role. But you know, if you're you're looking at going back to a couple of years ago on the avalanche blue line, when you have 2 stay at home, you know, defensive power play quarterback type guys that all they do is, is play defense and, and pass on the, the power play.
2: Yeah. But you know, that also Suter could be a good guy out in a power play. If, if the gets hurt or maybe even the second guy, if they want to say, you know, Sam Gerard, you're not our guy anymore for that. Um, that's, I mean, he's going to put up 30 to 40 points probably still. Um, uh not nothing to sneeze at. he gets a lot of assists. he knows what to do with the puck. He doesn't score much, like I said, but um, you know the reason why I got ready and Cole, and you guys know this probably is that you know they at, at that time they won they thought Bo Byron was gonna come right in and and uh be the guy and 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 he probably would have been maybe, but he got hurt, so the cold deal didn't look as good um in hindsight, but um you know they at the time thought. We got. We're going to get rid of Cole and his salary and his age, his cap hit, and we're going to go with Bo. Um, problem is, Bo Byram got hurt and never played much of the rest of the season. That's that's the problem. So you got to assume that he's back healthy too, though. And you got the number four overall pick here. You're talking about. Um, he should be a guy that does get that role that Ryan Graves just took, but. What if EJ's not quite ready and they don't want him much either? What if they buy him out too? You know, then Ryan Souter looks even more charged. Listen, I'm on your I'm on your same page here. I don't think signing thirty six year old guys is really the, the, the thing I like as a team anymore, especially with this team. You know, I think it should be still young and fast. But uh you know, it's just uh you know, when you're thinking about maybe one year or something, uh, he's you know, he's not the worst guy to think about.
0: Right, and like you're saying, there's still injury problems that might come back to fruition. Right, you still have Eric Johnson, you still have Bowen and Byram, and Connor Timmons well, seems yeah. to be made of glass <laughs> at times. So,
2: Cam McCart made missed, like what 20 games last year.
0: Yeah, there you go. Um, mm-hmm.
2: So I mean, yeah, he's, he's shown some injury history already. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, you gotta you know, <laughs> and you know teams are always gonna try and hit him too, right?
0: Hundred so, I mean, percent. We believe he
2: probably had a concussion uh something like that um you know uh probably had a shoulder injury once remember marshawn hit him and he missed a bunch of time a couple years ago
0: mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. so yeah i mean you know injuries suck but that's you know so you gotta try to game plan a little bit for him but uh oh, hopefully he's never hurt again because blocking cable mccarr just such a treat right so
0: yeah. Let's, let's <laughs> yeah, figure. and if you're going to be paying him nine mil, you know you're going to want him to be out yeah. there. So yeah. Before yeah. we let you go here, Adrian, I guess let's p- whip out the crystal ball. And are you on the Seattle takes Don train, or what are you predicting for the uh, for Seattle Tick here oh, from Colorado? Oh,
2: tough one here. You know, I think they take Confer over Don To be honest with you, I, I just, I mean, I think he would make more sense. You know, a younger guy, but. Young doesn't always mean that that's better, right? I mean, are we all big JT Comfer fans for what he did in the playoffs? I know I'm not. But,
0: Correct. Um, yeah, exactly. I don't think I... he
2: filled in very well at all for Nazem Kadri when he went went down, and I think that's a big mm-hmm. reason why they lost. Um, of course, Kadri going out with what he did created the whole problem, uh, put Comfer in a different role, and I understand that's tough, but uh, – you know, I don't think he rose to that level to to, 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 to never warrant, like, faith in him as a top-six guy right now. Maybe never. Um, he just never... Po- so, anyway, I, but, you know, I think he looks attractive on paper still to some people, maybe. Uh, I love Don Scoy as a player myself. A lot of people sort of get down on him at times, but I think he's a really good player. Um, two-way guy, too. And, uh, yeah, he might be a better player, actually, to take for Seattle. Um, you know, the other... I guess uh, you know. I thought they were going to take Graves all along, so that's been eliminated. Obviously, uh, it,
1: I imagine you know, that's why the trade happened. Is that they said, "Yeah, they will for take sure, him.
2: for sure." That's exactly why it happened. At least Joe got something for him. For you know, and if if they do lose score, then you know I think they've thought that all along that could happen. And but you know, then you get, now you got New Hook and um, you know maybe Shane Bowers is ready. And you know, you know they're probably going to sign another free agent somewhere. I mean they're gonna lose Belmar. So now they now they need a fourth line center. So uh I I think it's either gonna be Don Sco or Comfort. Um and I probably would lean toward the track and taking Comfort, I would think, but I'm usually wrong on stuff like that. So <laughs> don't listen to me.
1: Let me throw a curveball in here. If you're <laughs> Seattle and you're looking at a, a highly competitive team like the Avalanche who are trying to shed some salary to potentially sign their captain and, and drive the dump trucks full of money to Kel McCar's house, do you consider taking somebody who's making less money just so the Avalanche are saddled with a you know, a Donskoy's almost four million contract, a confers three point five million contract, potentially Brandon Saad at five million. You know, do you do you leave the Avalanche to to wallow in that contract mire?
2: I doubt it. I don't think so. I think I think Seattle have a lot more things on their mind than trying to screw over the Colorado Avalanche. I mean, I, you know, I don't I don't think there's any bad blood between them and the industry. Ryan Francis doesn't seem uh, like a guy who would hate on the Avs. So I don't see why he would. Um, um you know. Their coach hacks all, and, and I don't think he's got any history with the abs. I, so, to answer the question, no, I mean, that would be kind of stupid. Um, if that's the case, too, and the abs felt that way and it gets out that that's exactly what they're trying to do, then okay, now you've got the avalanche for an enemy and they'll do something back to you at some point. So, usually teams don't want to do that. Um, I, I There's been very few instances, I think, of teams really trying to screw teams over. Financially, although it has happened with the Avalanche, Joe Sakic himself was given an offer sheet back in nineteen ninety seven that almost derailed his team financially. Um so yeah,
1: Shea Weber was, was offer sheeted. Shea
2: Weber was the other, but also yeah, Dustin Penner from uh from uh, to from Edmonton, uh Anaheim to Edmonton. That got very personal with Brian Burke and Kevin Lowe. In fact they almost they were gonna have a real honest to God fist fight over it, like a
1: duel. <laughs> <laughs> this is why hockey's the greatest sport.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and and Brian Berg was totally dead serious serious about it too. Um it turned out to be an awful signing for the for the Oilers by the way. Uh, I don't think they want to do that at all because they know it's going to come back at them at some point. Hockey's a small world. Uh on the ice is one thing when you try to beat a team with death, but financially in the front office, I mean what comes around goes around, you know. They may be looking for a job at some point, you know, Francis or somebody, and uh, they know they'll burn a the bridge forever with the Avs if that happens. So usually that just I don't see that happening, though.
1: No. Well, thank you, Adrian, for coming <laughs> on, sharing your Saturday afternoon with us. This was an excellent talk about this, the state of the Avs, the uh, potentials of the summer and the expansion draft. Always a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you.
2: Anytime, guys. You're, you guys do a, a really good job on the show, and it's a fun listen, so happy to be on.
1: Thank you. That was Adrian Dater of Colorado Hockey Now. You can find his work there. I believe he's running a deal right now on his website so you can get in before the expansion draft, before the trades, before the chaos, before Seattle introduces a little chaos in the NHL. But this is the Hockey Show with JJ and Ryan. We'll be back after the break.
0: Always a fun listen.